Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Is coming to town. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. Wouldn't you know it? We're here in the month of December doing Santa Claus adjacent programming instead of gi joe just like we told you we do i know y'all thought we were lying because you'd be correct to think so most of the time but this time we're holding it true i am ray and this is knowing is half the podcast i'm robert clark chan i'm gina ippolito and you can tell they came in right away with their actual names and no gimmicks because we have a special guest today <laughs> and they don't got a hard out <laughs> that's right it's got a hard out at 9 30 i'll say it no I, you know what i don't care about his heart out i just figured he doesn't want to listen to us fuck around like we it's always a, do it's a, it's a flaccid out it's <laughs> a flaccid out. out well i guess we're putting that uh pre-show yeah, uh drop in the there now the it's going at the end of the show so listen after the credits everybody uh uh, uh special guest star aaron Laplante, the king extraordinaire of holiday themed programming i think that's a yeah. fair statement Aaron. oh yeah absolutely i mean uh it's it's taken me years and years but I've amassed an enormous collection of, of holiday fare, and I bring it over to Gina's house every time. She I was going to say, I think I still have <laughs> Ernest Saves Christmas on DVD from last year's Christmas celebration. Uh, he must have there on purpose, yeah. You know what? You can keep it because I thought I didn't have it, and I bought it this year. Oh, no, no. I mean, oh, yeah. It's, it's is- a Christmas miracle. This is my long con uh, to invite you over once a year for a holiday, have you bring DVDs and leave one behind. And by the time I'm 89, I'll have most of the Christmas DVDs ever put out. It's like a Christmas Johnny Appleseed. I just kind of leave Garfield holiday special and (laughs) Rudolph wherever I go. I I I feel like it's more of a uh, Christmas uh, uh, um, Epstein where you're just going around and like, jizzing christmas dvds into people's plants oh i was i was trying to figure out if i was the epstein in this was aaron the epstein in this you're a a christmas rapist (laughs) a little bit of both sex trafficker i mean i feel sometimes speaking of christmas rapists this this leads into what we watched really well uh, which was i don't know the i don't know the real title of it but i like to call it santa likes to fuck that's right. This is a 1970s Rankin Bass. Santa Claus is coming to town, aka as Gina would say, this Santa fucks. Now, can I just say that that if anyone who's listened to the past few episodes has known, uh, we did a, a Thanksgiving special, Thanksgiving in the Land of Oz. We did. What did we do last week? Uh, 
oh oh the little little rascals was that rascals. Yep. and yep. and yet again my my main man my my christmas love romeo muller yeah. uh, also wrote this and for some reason i've never seen this one i'm obsessed with frosty i'm obsessed with rudolph and this is in the same vein it's that weird sort of claymation doll animation stuff Romeo Muller wrote all those other ones too and yet I have never seen this and I need to add it into my holiday rotation maybe your parents knew when they they they're like oh no no we like Rudolph is is great it's a family friendly fair but this one like yeah you are correct Santa fucks like and this one has Nazis in it (laughs) (laughs) I mean the thing is like you know I, I have to say it's interesting that you say that because I was sort of reflecting today about how I love all the other specials, and then I think I saw this one when I was really, 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 really young, and then all throughout my early childhood, it was kind of this ghost of like, did I see a, a Rankin and Bass where like you see the origin story of Santa Claus? I was because I feel like this one wasn't broadcast as much in the eighties. Yeah, that that must be it. Uh, and because honestly, I was it has all of the ingredients of of a good holiday special that's repeated every year. But whereas Rudolph and Frosty, I remember them showing on network TV every year, like every year on ABC, it would be a big special and I would watch it. My brother would watch it. This one flew under my radar and I, I'm not I guess that must have been it. It must not have done as well. And I well, think did you. I think Did it you might be because uh, Mrs. Claus gave people boners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is definitely that's not the case. I don't oh, think she absolutely uh, gave boners. I, uh, I heard a rumor. Y-U-M. That's all I got to say <laughs> about Miss Jessica. And this, we'll get to that. We'll get to uh, it. I mean, a part of it might actually be that there are several scenes that are cut when they air this. Like, I think it might actually be a little too risque. Um, oh, really? Apparently, really? even right now, Freeform, uh, who airs it now, has cut several scenes uh, they may believe uh, they believe may be traumatizing to younger viewers, such as Chris climbing and leaping to escape. What? Uh, winter, uh, because they don't want kids like trying to do the same thing. Oh, stupid uh, kids. Come on. Winter Warlock, knowing Chris will return and telling him he will never escape. I don't get that, but okay. and the scene where the Burgermeister torches the seized toys in front of the children of Sombra. Oh, and they also cut, they cut two songs. They cut the pedophile song and the sexual liberation song. Is the pedophile okay. song okay, where he sense. wants them to pay in kisses while they sit on oh, his lap for their yeah, toys? Yeah, yeah. Because the they version didn't cut that, that the that version that we there. watched, the version that we watched had that. But I oh, don't. I have it, yeah. d- that's that's weird. That's that's censorship gone wild on freeform, if you ask me. Because none of those are. None of those are more upsetting than, you know, I don't know what, what John Wick, is that a thing? John Wick did not have a Christmas special, Gina. <laughs> yeah, oh, there what? wasn't stop motion. I wish it was. That'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> John Wick is a Christmas movie, I'm told. Yeah. Oh, uh, and uh, fucking dudes with uh, fedoras are going to be telling you that for years to come. So enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, be careful if you work at a mustache wax stand at the mall, because you're going to be hearing that for the next 25 years. <laughs> Um, so this is Santa Claus comes to town eight seventy. Now one of the things I noticed, so we've seen a lot of Rankin Bass. I mean, just in our lives, we've seen a lot of it. I, I feel like this must have been early Frank uh, Franken Franken Bass. <laughs> oh boy, Franklin and Bash. Franklin and Bash. That's what I was about to say. That is literally okay. So no, Rizzoli and Isles is a great uh, uh, studio for oh, Christmas Jesus. fair. 
Uh, no, but I, I felt like the animation was a lot jankier than other Rankin Bass that we've seen. And I was really? wondering where this fits in their timeline. Well, yeah. just, there was a lot of jumping around, a lot of missing frames, a lot of the camera moving like one frame off at a time. And it was really yeah. you know what I thought. You know what I thought is maybe because there's a little reference to Rudolph in it. Yeah. And I was wondering if it, if it was almost the opposite where they really took their time with Rudolph and they it took them forever to make oh, okay. that special. And then when they got this one, they said, oh, we can make specials off of Christmas carols. Well, let's just kind of shit this one out. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. You know what I mean? In terms of the, yeah. just in terms of the, the, like, uh, the lip flaps of the characters and how a lot of times their mouths aren't even moving when they're talking. Like, you know, it seems like they just kind of, it's like that animation, you know, like, uh, well, like early He-Man and stuff like that, where like, after they established that, then the characters stopped moving as much. You know what I mean? There was like entire series where they just kind of like cut corners, you know? It's actually not. They they do the same thing on on uh on live action shows too. I won't say the show, but but I have heard that on a certain show, which was an ensemble comedy, very well known, one of the actors basically said, Ah, oh, I don't I don't want to stand and move around a bunch, so just put a lot of these scenes on the couch. And as the series goes on, it's just uh, it, like more and more the friends. It's not friends, but the friends on the couch. Uh, so that's a that's a thing. Not even an animation. Wow. But Dude, can way I to throw unicorn under the bus? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Walton Goggins sounds like a monster. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, but can I just say that I that Chan and Ray have given me shit recently for my yeah. Romeo Muller love because I liked Thanksgiving in the land of Oz and they hated it. Uh, it was but- terrible. Objectively terrible. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. You know what? It's, it's a weird, it's a very weird, I don't even remember. Someone suggested it to us, but it was a Thanksgiving special, which you should actually watch this. Cause I feel like you, it, you need to own it on DVD. Yeah. But then after it came out, they basically were like, Oh, we want to be able to show this year round, change the name from Thanksgiving in the land of Oz to Dorothy in the Dorothy in the green gobbler of Oz. And they like edited out <laughs> references to even though there's a giant turkey, sentient turkey balloon in the entire special, they edited out any references to Thanksgiving and, and tried to like get away with it. So the version that we watched was we were like, why is there why is there a giant turkey and why are they singing about like, you Pioneers. know, yeah, pioneers. They're talking about pioneers when they're supposed to be talking about pilgrims. It's a very weird. I, I feel like it would be right up your alley. But these guys gave me shit for my Romeo Muller love. And I will say I feel redeemed because I think all of us liked this one. I think all of us liked Santa Claus is coming to town. Even Chan. And that's saying something because Chan not only hates Christmas, he also hates happiness and joy. So, yeah. uh, Chan, I don't think this is off brand for you. I'll say this. I was I went in expecting uh, that it wouldn't age great. Uh, like, I, I don't think uh, Rudolph does much for me anymore. Uh, oh. I can't remember the last time I watched it. But like, eh, I have some issues. Uh, and this one I came in and I'm like, oh, great. So they just took a song and turned it into a thing. And, oh, I get it. They're going to be, uh, you know, like, uh, oh, Santa goes down the chimney because, you know, reason. And Santa, you know, has a beard because reason. Um, and as each of those things came along, I'm like, the, oh, well, okay, all right. I kind of like that. Will you say? Um, would you say it melted your Grinchy heart? Whoa! Uh, I will say, as soon as the Winter uh, Warlock showed up, as soon as he was mentioned, I was like, "That's my dude." 
<laughs> right there. Like that dude sounds badass. I want to get to know about him more. And it turned out he's my favorite character of the entire thing. Uh, he's pretty cool. Super chill dude. Yeah. And, and then, uh, the thing to mention he's got an about evil heart, he does. Uh, uh, I think he's played by Mickey Rooney. Did I get that correct? No, it's like Keenan Keenan Wynn. Keenan Wynn. Yeah, like where did played. you? What? Where did you get that from? Mickey That's Rooney Chris Kringle. It's Chris Kringle. Thank you. Okay, because oh. I saw in the opening credits there was just like uh, Fred Astaire is your narrator, and which, he dances. Which, by the way, very cool. No one can I deny how cool that is because you get yeah. the singing, and he's also a hell of a narrator. Like he's a hell of a voice actor in this. I mean, despite the fact that he's talking to headless, bodiless children for the entire movie, who I think I think was supposed to be us. Like, I think I, at the yeah. end, I was like, oh, is this is this me? Am I this weird, weird child? Speaking? So that's why they do the stocking. So that's why it goes down the chimney. <laughs> every time they every time they had one of those children speak they showed the letters so i was like oh is this are they is there a kid hiding in one of the bags or is this supposed to be like you know the the kids that wrote the letters but then in the end he talks directly he talks directly to camera and i was like oh i'm the the (laughs) slow children i'm the slow children at play here for the people that was my inner monologue (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the the gimmick of this entire thing is we have the song Santa Claus is coming to town, and at the beginning we have Fred Astaire, and he has a whole bunch of letters to Santa, and, and uh, uh, this is where it got a little weird to me. Wait, just even like, before every... that, even before yeah. that, there was the live action newsreel opening, which is very too. much of its time, and I love it. And they did that in uh, Rudolph too. Yeah, and and it's just it just I love it. I love that it starts out like that. I I love that it sets the scene, and and yeah, it's a very nostalgic thing to see. Wait a minute. We could just use we can just use regular newsreel footage for thirty seconds and not have to animate anything. Yeah, put that in. Put that in. Perfect. Uh, nobody says uh, the kids write letters to Santa Claus. Yes. Kids ask for presents. Yes. Some kids just ask questions. Now, what kid is giving up presents because he wants to know where the whiskers come from? I I, I call bullshit on that. But so the, the the gimmick of this episode is all these kids asked all these questions about Santa and they're all presented in the beginning. And Chan, if you could find a sound drop for me, uh, uh, I thought that was a little bit weird, but so there's like these kids asking a bunch of random questions. Why does he wear the suit? Why does he, you know, have a beard? Why does he go down the chimney? And so the, the, the whole deal is they're showing the history and life of Santa Claus, the becoming origin story, if you will. And then every single time they like answer one of the questions from the beginning, there's like uh, the kid shouts the question, oh, that's why he wears the suit. Which I also like, it delightful. here's the thing, uh, like the, the disembodied child voices aside, that's actually a cool, it's a pretty cool concept for a holiday special. Cool and bit. especially for 1970, I, I hadn't seen it before. So if someone had come in and said, and pitched, you know how annoying kids are and how they tend to ask a bunch of questions and you don't really have the answers. We're going to answer all their questions about Santa and we're going to make sure he fucks. I would buy that special. <laughs> I think also too, it's like Santa Claus and all that kind of shit Like, is from when you're a kid is a bombardment of like, it's like advertising. I mean, Santa Claus was an advertisement or- originally or like, you know, initially. And so it's kind of like, Seeing the seeing the it made me stoked about origin stories. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh shit! Well, just are you, like, are you pitching a CW gritty reboot of Santa Claus? <laughs> the origin? No, 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 no. All I'm saying is that, like, it's at the time. I mean, you know, because it's like I, it's hard. 
I'm thinking back to what I, my first impressions of it when I was a kid. And it's just, uh, I felt like I was watching history. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even like, yeah. they're, like little puppets and shit. I'm just like, oh, this is, they're telling me the truth. Like they always <laughs> tell you the truth. So they're like, le- they're finally, finally, like I, I can't wait to tell my kids, my friends at school. <laughs> I will oh, say that it's, uh, you know, as someone who watched half of the first season of Riverdale, uh, they made Archie a sexy, muscular redhead who fucked. They could just slot Santa right into one of those yeah, things. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a sexy redhead in this. Uh, I mean, like according, according to Aaron, like we could just slot this into like a uh, uh, Fox News special or something like that. <laughs> just like. Well, it's on television, so it's news. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the rights were bought by Infowars.com, and it's the only <laughs> place you can get the real truth about Santa Claus these days. Yeah, I heard Q say that the vote was stolen from Santa, and they should stop the count. And that's what I all those that, letters are. I where did those letters go, you guys? Where they got did the them. letters go? Well, actually, this is QAnon. Speaking of origin stories, was all started in reaction to that "Sit on my lap, a kiss, a toy is the price you pay" song. Well, that was what got Epstein killed, is my understanding. Did you just call him up Epstein, like the Berenstein Bears? Yeah, yeah no, it's Epstein. It. It's Epstein, Epstein in this universe, people. I mean, Epstein actually makes more sense. <laughs> I I am from the Epstein multiverse. <laughs> you are from the Epstein multiverse. <laughs> Oh my uh, lord. Yeah, this is this is I I I dug this right away. Fred Astaire is a great is a great treat. And he just starts telling this story about like, hey yo, there's a baby, and in about two minutes that baby's gonna be sexy. <laughs> well, okay, so the story opens uh, with Santa's a baby, and oh, he's been oh, dropped, hold on, he's, hold yeah, on. Hold yeah. on. Chance. I was happy. I was happy this with that moment. Why, this, is why I, this is why I don't. I'm not in charge of the recap parts. <laughs> uh, before we get really rolling into this, I want to say two things. One, I can't stop writing C L A U S E. I'm writing Santa Claus with an E at the end every right. goddamn time. I don't know why. Oh, because that's I must... that's uh, uh, that's the title of the the Tim Allen movie number two, the Santa Claus, the Mrs. Claus. C L A U S E. It's a legal thing. Uh huh. I don't know. If so you're, you're saying that I'm secretly a lawyer. I'm a Jekyll and Hyde situation. You're secretly where... a Tim Allen fan. Oof! I can't decide which is worse. Honestly, uh, number two, uh, because uh, I used a transcription program uh, this time around, I got uh, a, a real fun one. You better write your letter now and mail it right away because he's getting ready. With his reindeers and his slave. So I'm sorry, his slave? Yes, his slave. <laughs> his his slaves, which he chains and has him drive him around the world. Um Wait, see, I heard he's getting ripped. He's getting ripped? Yeah, what did they actually say? He's I heard he's getting ripped with his reindeer and his sleigh. He's getting ready with his reindeer and his sleigh. Oh, ready, ready? Yes. why did I hear ripped? I know why uh, you were well, ripped, Gina. Yeah, I know exactly why. Look, he clearly works out, okay? It's not weird. <laughs> Are we still talking about him as a baby? Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. Get that baby a Solaflex. Um, so Santa was a baby, uh, an orphan, dropped off at the doorstep of the Burgermeister, who is the evil ruler of Sombertown. 
Burgermeister Meisterburger. Say his full name, Ray. Uh, he's an asshole. He deserves only the title. That is an honorific, okay? And if you're not a real Burgermeister, you shouldn't be using the Burgermeister title. If you have not given birth to a hamburger, then you should not be saying that you're a Burgermeister. I feel like I've given birth to several hamburgers. I think I am a Burgermeister. Anyway, so he's an orphan. Uh, he ends up getting kicked out by the Burgermeister. And uh, the animals take him in because he's about to end up in the uh, with the Winter Warlock, a.k.a. Robert Clark Chan. And he gets taken by the animals to uh, the Rainbow River where the Kringles live. And he is dropped off at Tanta Kringle and the Kringle brothers house who immediately take him in and put him to work. They and and they right off the bat seem like pretty creepy molester elves. But also, I will say that, you know, when Burgermeister kicks the baby out, he's like, take him to this orphanage. That's where babies should be. And so a dude puts him on a like a little sled and just yanks the baby through the snow. And then at some point is like, oh, shit, that baby gone, like turns hmm. around and there is no. And he's just holding a string that used to be attached to a sled. And I wrote that baby dead. Well, and and it's, it's the orphan asylum. Criminally insane orphans. <laughs> yes. They're orphans and they're fucking crazy. That's a choice they made, not orphanage. Maybe but orphan they're asylum. orphans because they're crazy. It's the it's in the Batman <laughs> universe. It's right next to Arkham Asylum. Uh. <laughs> the orphan. <laughs> yep. That's why. So Bruce Wayne would have grown up at the orphan asylum and then looking across the river at Arkham Asylum, very jealous of their freedom. And parents. Oh, that's shit. my origin story for yeah, Batman. Get the Batman the origin story. <laughs> I, oh. The thing about it is, though, when, when they get there, when when he gets there, and there's all the elves, and then they say the queen elf. Did she like give birth to all the other elves? Like, is, are they like bees? Where like yes. she she has a oh, giant shit. egg sack. Yeah, and she just like <laughs> gives birth to these little elderly elves. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, I like, went. I, I like as soon this as they sh- loose end for me is what I'm saying. <laughs> as soon as they showed her, I was like, "Oh shit, is that is that Mrs. Claus? And is that baby gonna grow up and marry? Like, does she stay the same age and the baby gets older and then they get married? Like, I went I to a too. very weird place. That's so weird. I thought that too. <laughs> well, I think that's why they make a point of calling her Tanta uh, Kringle right out the gate. Yeah, here's the thing. It's it's I. As the story goes on, I understand why they each look like a mini Santa and why she looks like a mini Mrs. Claus, because they explain it. But originally, I was like, oh, man, put them in some normal elf stuff so I'm not so freaking confused all the time. Hold on. Did they explain it? Because as as I understood it, there's this uh, group of elves, and then this human shows up. And then he becomes an elf because that's he's yeah. in the family and that's how genetics works. Yeah, no, they adopt him. Right. But, but then he grows a beard like them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, like when you, you adopt a beard. I don't understand. No, he <laughs> says that he, he he knew he would grow the beard because it's just like all of his, you know, like. Uh, no, he says uh, he would have had to grow it eventually. Hmm. So they, 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 they he grows the beard because they have a wanted poster and they don't he doesn't want yes but, but oh, that's why he has whiskers but he's yeah but he says to he says to the sexy lady he says I would have had to grow it eventually because I'm I'm a Kringle but that doesn't mean that he's genetically okay. predisposed to growing a beard it just means that at some point well, probably I mean, if, you're, 
If you're oh. Amish, if you're Amish, you have yeah. to have a beard, right? Yeah, like if the Amish adopted a kid, they would say, I don't give a crap if you don't want to grow a beard. You're an adopted Amish. Grow that beard, yo. Churn this butter. So yeah. they they did. That's an how Adamish? What's that? An Adamish? Oh, wasn't he the captain on Battlestar Galactica? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense now. A lot of things are falling into place. Ron Moore, you sneaky bastard. <laughs> Like if someone if someone tuned into this special for two minutes and saw a bunch of sort of little Santa Clauses running around, it would be confusing as crap. Yes, sure. And it, just it, and like then like a redheaded sexy Santa. Like I feel like I've seen little bits of it here and there over the years, and I did not realize that the redhead was Santa. Hmm. I just still feel like they just didn't show it that much. I mean, like yeah. How many times, do, like uh, Ray and Robert, how many times do you guys remember seeing it when you were kids? Oh, I don't remember ever seeing this when I was a kid. I feel like I must have seen it once, but yeah, it wasn't a, a regular thing. I what, feel like they should, they should to... show, who, should, who do we have to write letters to to get them to show this on par with, you know, uh, Charlie it's Brown Christmas and freeform. Rudolph and Frosty? It's on Freeform. Uh, uh, I don't and... know how TV works anymore, you guys. I'm of the future. <laughs> And uh, is that is that a Netflix? Uh, is that is that Netflix or Hulu? What's Freeform? It's it's a streaming. You're writing on a network TV show. Yes, and it's very confusing for me. <laughs> yeah, but they don't actually show it. She just writes on it. That's the thing now. <laughs> they make shows and then they just kind of like they don't show it anywhere. <laughs> they, they have promos and stuff. Here's they the just thing. Put them into a to watch it. Yeah. Every every week on Friday, because because the unicorn airs on Thursday nights. Every every week on Friday, I go, oh crap, I gotta go find where it is and watch it. And then I go to CBS.com, and then this whole last week it said, oh, this is not available in your area. And I was like, I guess I'm never watching this show again. Well, now it's like none of us that work – anybody that works on a show can't get mad at their parents for saying, (laughs) I I don't know where to see it. It's like they really fucking don't know where to see it. They just don't. I don't even know where to see it. (laughs) Send me a VHS tape. <laughs> yeah, no, the one thing I wanted to sort out here was the word Tanta, because Tanta Kringle, Tanta in Germanic culture means ant, and oh. uh, and, and it also uh, uh, colloquially could refer to just an elder, uh, a female of the tribe. You and looked so, that up. Don't don't present it like you knew this. You totally looked that up. Actually, I knew that it was an ant ahead of time uh, because of a previous uh, 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 dealings I've had. But with a lot uh, of I, was, I did not know about the call. elder. Don't worry about that. I had uh, 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 the elder of the village. I did just look up. But uh, yeah, that is what it means. It's referring to an ant. So she is some sort of uh, a matriarchal figure for them. Uh, very much leading into the queen bee theory of Santa's. Okay. Okay. Exacts. Um, I like so it. They, also, they, we glossed over this, but Burgermeister's a Nazi, right? Yes, definitely. He is Adolf Hitler. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, everyone, sur- everyone surrounding him is dressed like a Nazi. They just don't say it. Which I feel like even for 1970 was still like, how did they pitch this? They were like, oh, and then there's a grumpy old man who happens to be a Nazi, but he's so grumpy and he doesn't like toys. And then I the network can't was really like, okay. differentiate the accents. I mean, the Burgermeister is a German accent. His little assistant is like the. <laughs> He's like the waiter in Ferris Bueller. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, may I help you? <laughs> and they're voiced by the same guy. Paul Free is 
did like seven or eight different. Oh, voices. really? Wow. Okay, yeah. that's cool. I would like to be in that room watching the Burgermeister talk to himself as his own assistant. Well, yeah, he was actually Paul Freeze before he started doing cartoons. Initially, he was in radio and he would actually have radio shows where he played every single character. Oh, my God. So live nice. on the air, he would do the entire show as all the characters. And that was sort of the gimmick. It was called The Player. Oh, that's awesome. Also awesome is that he could tell people to call him Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't think that meant the same thing back then as it does now. Uh, I'm pretty sure on this one. Cool. Still cool. Auto premature um, didn't play him until in the city. Right. <laughs> That's right. I, I I just for other reasons know the story of how he got his name. Not going to share that story here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say, uh, um, uh, I do not trust these uh, Kringles. Number one, because wow, wow, their dude. names are all Wingle, Dingle, Tingle, Tingle. <laughs> What? Look, uh, Look, number this... one. That's number one. Okay. Number two. They're all white. You can go ahead and say uh, it. They absolutely would not use your pronouns. Oh boy. I, I, here's the thing. I will say Santa keeps about 800 years later keeps calling uh, the the Grumpy Chan one uh, the Warlock, and every time he's yep. like, "Please, please, sir, please stop calling me that." So you're probably right. Yep. But also in terms of their names, if I was a old, you know, German lady, half German lady, half bee that shoots out egg sacks. Yeah. And I Go all on. of a I'm sudden with you. I'm with you. and I all of a sudden like pooted out 20 bees at once, 20 half bee, half old German men out of my bee old lady vagina. And I mm -hmm. had to name them immediately. I would also just be like, I don't give a crap. Call one Kringle and then the other 20 some variation that rhymes. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I will agree with you to a point. I am named after my grandfather because after 48 hours of labor, my mom was just like, eh, I don't I don't I left the I left the hospital without a name. <laughs> and like a week later, she was like, eh, just call him Robert. <laughs> I'm like, uh, so great um way, way to go with that one ma uh however however i am talking not just about that but i'm talking about later when uh they they got the baby and like what do we name the baby and then someone goes like oh here's his name here's his <laughs> name he is labeled like a goddamn can of beans what are we going to call this can of beans that's got its name can of beans on it he shall live with us and sleep with us and drink warm cocoa with us. What will we call him, Tante Kringle? His license says Claus. Unusual name. However, we shall call him Chris. Chris the fuck? His <laughs> name is right there. And he's like, nah, call him Chris. That baby doesn't what? care. Plus, he was he was wandering around in a storm. You don't know. Like, if all of a sudden some I found <laughs> if I found a baby in a trash can and there was a little note slipped in that was like, this baby's name is is, you know, something real dumb. This baby's name is Fuckface. I would be like, that's an unusual name, and I refuse. <laughs> he looks like a collegiate swimmer. We'll call him Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if it turned out uh um that uh uh, uh Claus here was trans and he said please use my pronouns which are now they them Tanta Kringle be all like 
mm-mm, no. <laughs> you were a boy, and I'm going to treat you like a boy for the... I'm, I'm not playing with that. I'm not having that. I got issues with Tonto. No, look, babies don't get to choose their own names, okay? I'm sorry. That's not how it works. Wow. No, wow, Gina. No, his parent chose that name. And then and... threw him in a winter storm. Uh, to be fair, tried to get him adopted by uh, Adolf Hitler. I'm <laughs> yeah, not by a Nazi. Oh, this Nazi would make such a great parent for a bastard child. I'm not saying she was a good parent. Yeah, you look at the Burgermeister, you go, there's a warm heart I would like <laughs> raising my son. They should do, wait a minute, they should do like a bizarro world where he does stay with the Burgermeister, that the oh. Burgermeister wants him to stay and then raises him up and he becomes like a, like he kills kids or something. I don't know. <laughs> like that Superman where he landed on Darkseid, the planet Darkseid instead of Earth. Oh my and God. he became yeah. son of Darkseid Superman. I like the idea, son of Burgermeister Claus. Or I would like, watch the shit out of that. Or this is the Krampus origin story. Like there were two babies in that storm. But he one, made it so dead. One was like horribly disfigured and had cloven hooves. And Burgermeister was and, like. And grew up at the, uh, the orphan asylum. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. I've I'm I'm enjoying this 2020 take on Krampus versus Claus. Well, okay. Here's here's what I'm listening. You got it. You got it. You got to give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just occurred to me that if this uh, um, this parent, this mother who we we don't know, we've never seen or heard of, dropped the baby off at the Burgermeister's place. Mm-hmm. Clearly, oh. she was a maid. He got her pregnant. Yeah. She oh, left him boy, there, boy. and he was like, yeah. Mm-mm. "Yeah, you're right. You're right." No he's the he Arnold so Schwarzenegger. He's older. He, oh. he, yeah, they they have the same body type when he when he becomes fat old Santa Claus. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Also, if this was if this was a you know again a CW style show, his mom would show up in like season three or something, and it would be some famous actress like. You know, Madeline Stowe or something. Oh, yeah. Terry Madeline, Hatcher. Stowe? Yeah. Madeline Stowe was your grab? <laughs> some famous actress. <laughs> Madeline Stowe. Because I just watched all of Revenge. <laughs> I just finished binge watching Revenge and she was so good. At some it. famous yeah. actress like Swoozy Kurt. <laughs> hey, Madeline Stowe is famous, yo. <laughs> Did, well, Cardi B tweeted that today. <laughs> famous actress Perusa Balk shows up. Is, in- <laughs> Mention Amic. <laughs> but this is one hundred percent. I like, want to do this game the rest have- of the time. No, nope, I want to do this for the <laughs> no, next hour. No, I refuse. I'm just going to keep talking. But this would one hundred percent be like in season three. Once, once sexy, sexy Claus is is all over the place. He thinks everything is. He thinks he's won. He thinks he's defeated the Burgermeister, and he's settling in to like bone his girlfriend. And then all of a sudden, he looks up in the door, and Terry Hatcher's there, and he goes, "Mom." And then it's boom, season four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Gina, that you don't have any more Supernatural to watch, but I really wish you would stop sending us your Supernatural spec scripts. Never, never. I'll be 89 years old and I'll still say, won't somebody please produce this? (laughs) It's a gritty reboot. 
I'm going to try to move the story forward because Santa, <laughs> we're still like three minutes into the episode of an hour. Yeah, uh, but there's, friend, there's a lot we could gloss over. Uh, there's a lot I'm going to gloss over. So, but so Gina, every time I gloss over something, you don't need to yank me backwards 20 no, minutes. if I have interesting <laughs> points or if you misunderstand something like you frequently do because your comprehension skills are poor at best. Or Gina, if she needs to bring that, up Hollywood keep... legend Madeline Stowe once again. Look, <laughs> you you keep telling me my comprehension skills aren't that good, and I keep not understanding what you're saying. So we move forward. He's a friend of the animals, and the seals taught him to laugh, of course. And uh, it, it's it, the, he learned how to make toys, uh, and so he's a world famous acclaimed toy maker now. At least real, you know, real weird song, by the way. Real, real weird, weird song. song. Let's gloss over it. Uh, <laughs> About, about how, like, if you make toys for the, the king, they have to be, like, perfect. So that's why he's so good at it. Yeah. But there's yeah. no kids. That's the ironic thing is they've, they've plied their trade of toy making in a land with no children and no way to get toys to children. I can see now why they're starving. Wait, who says there's no children? They can't get to the children because in order to get to the town where there's no children oh, in their immediate vicinity. They have to go through the and Warlock territory. But I mean, children exist. It's not like it's not oh, like yes, some yes, reverse, you know. you know, children of the corn type thing where they go to a town and it's just adults and they don't remember what kids are. It's like that George Clooney movie where everyone's sterile. Children of you guys men. That one? Children of men. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> George That's Clooney the world we live in here. Five Owens in that movie. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't George Clooney. It was Madeline Stone. Oh God! <laughs> no, they filmed it. She was. They filmed it all the way through, and then they had to reshoot it, kind of like Eric Stoltz. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it was hard to refilm it too because they did it all in one shot. Partly, yeah. The cinematography is amazing. So my point is, we come back to the burger meister, who uh, in a weird moment is walking down the steps and he trips on like a rubber duck or something, uh, uh, like a wooden carved duck, and he trips and falls and breaks his foot and therefore declares all toys from this point forward are illegal. I get this. I get this. This is like anyone who's ever stepped on a Lego and then just instantly been like, motherfucker, fuck, fuck, I'm throwing all these fucking toys away. Well, and this wait, is this does he trip down the stairs after Chris brings toys to the village for the first time? No, he's coming at the same that. time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He he shows up to bring toys right after they're made illegal. Oh, okay. Oh, so when okay. he says first off, I have toys for all the children, everybody's like, Oh no, criminal. Yeah, but 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 right before that is when, you know, the the Kringle family is like, We have all these dope, dope toys and no way to get them to the kids. And then, and then Santa is sexy now for the first time. And he declares, I'm a man. Now I'm going to fuck my way over the mountain. <laughs> Chris was a fine young man. I'm a man now, Tanta. <laughs> and I'm going to fuck my way over the mountain. <laughs> yeah. I stopped just before he said yeah. that. Oh, okay. It's in there. Um, so yeah, people are terrified of him, and this is where we meet, and I know we want to talk about this, Miss Jessica, who's a teacher in town who thinks oh, toys are oh, not oh, to be oh. given to children, for they are a waste of time, until he gives her a little dolly that she wanted that she never got when she was a kid, and now she's down to fuck. Yeah, she's wearing not a very pretty, silky dress, and she's got a pair on her. The first puppet that i was ever sexually attracted to and it will not be the last not the last i am not no. allowed at the bob baker theater <laughs> <laughs> put it that way 
Oh, but, like Burbank humor <laughs> is universal humor. Island Park, baby. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is, and you know what? Like, I respect it. She's like, hey, this is against the law, dude. Stop peddling your peddling your goods here. And then he's like, not only am I going to peddle them, I'm going to force the kids to kiss me on the mouth if they yeah. want a toy. And he sings a whole song about it. And it's you guys weird. think you guys think we're kidding? Uh, th- we are not. This is <laughs> this is literally. Chan, do you have this uh, queued up for us? Because I, I I have to believe you do. <laughs> or, or do- if you sit on my lap today, a kiss a toy is the price you'll pay. That so, is upsetting. The thing is, in the very beginning, it starts off. Oh, what a good girl. Oh, what a good boy. Okay, hold on, hold on. No. (laughs) Oh, what a good boy. Oh, what a big smile. All because of a toy. There is nothing good about this. First of all, he's he's advocating for prostitution because he's saying it's it's the cost of a toy is a kiss. So if you want one toy, it's one kiss. If you want two toys, it's a hand job. The 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 most disturbing line in the whole song is, "Don't be stingy." (laughs) (laughs) Don't be stingy. Yeah, yeah. Like you could imagine, you could imagine a kid being being hesitant. Like I don't, I don't want to give you a kiss, dude. Don't be stingy. <laughs> no, no. I really, I just, I'm not comfortable. Uh, I fucking said, don't be stingy. <laughs> no, but oh, I mean, it, it, can you just get? I'll give you a handshake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the hand part. This is, this is the baby. It's cold outside for pedophiles. <laughs> if you sit on his lap today, don't be stingy. Be prepared to pay. Wow. Like the pay, they just drill that in in a way. uh, mm. We mentioned pay. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? These kids do it, so they're complicit. Are you victim blaming? Yeah, that's all. Are you victim blaming four year olds? There's no victims when there are toys involved, Chan. They didn't get to have toys. It's like they didn't get to have toys in their village. Yeah, and now if they want toys, they're going to have to get down on their hands and knees and kiss Santa. It's disgusting. <laughs> we have already watched this cartoon, and it was season two G.I. Joe with the headmaster. This dude comes into towns with his, dr- I'm sorry, his toys. He gets the kids hooked on them. He gets the school teacher hooked on them. They're going to get thrown in jail because of it. He don't give a crap because he got toys to sell i hope you hear the air quotes that i'm making around toys you know, i, I can't the fact help that we we started out by saying we all like this and now we're <laughs> like look at this piece of crap how ridiculous it is but it is he 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 looks at the sexy teacher and when she's like we need to follow the rules he's like or i could give you this toy that you've always wanted and she's like just her pussy melts and she's all in and then burgermeister just keeps taking away the toys every time Every time uh, Kringle, he's not Claus yet, every time Kringle delivers these toys, Burgermeister's like, hell no. No, I can't help but notice that uh, Santa never actually gets himself arrested 
uh, 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 tell me I'm crazy. I'm, I want to believe I'm putting my Alex Jones hat right now. I believe Santa is working with the Burgermeister to take away all of our rights. You have to notice that Chris Kringle never faces punishment, keeps doing things uh, that the cops and that the Burgermeister don't see coming, quote unquote, and then more of the town's rights get taken away oh moment, my God. By moment by moment. This is how you get a totalitarian state run by the Burgermeister. This is how Nazi Germany happened. Are you, are they good cop, bad copping an entire town to get them that hooked on toys so they willingly give away their rights? Correct. They're making them so scared of toys and people who bring you toys that they're willing to sign off uh, their constitutional rights. We've watched this episode before (laughs) CIA 1984 (laughs) cocaine coming into the inner cities Mm -hmm. via Columbia. Thank you very much. Yeah. Later on, later on when Burgermeister has sealed off all the ways to, to smuggle toys into this town, Santa starts hiding them up his butt. Mm-hmm. So in wait little, a minute. In little balloon baggies. The, so mm-hmm. that's why we didn't see this very much in the eighties with all the <laughs> concert shit going on. What's up? Mm-hmm. CIA I mean? like, kept it quiet. They were trying to do. That's why. But he made inside jobs too easy. I will say, like this isn't. I was, I was bummed at first. I thought this was going to be resolved twenty five minutes in because you know Kringle does what he does and he brings out a toy yo yo for Burgermeister. And, mm-hmm. for, and he almost has Burgermeister. Like, Burgermeister's like, oh, my God, I loved yo-yos. I used to be so good at this. I could do tricks. I could walk the dog. And then Burgermeister's lackey is like, yo, don't remember. Don't forget, you're an asshole. Who, oh, yeah. Like, I, feel like, well, I wonder if that was the first time that device was used. Because I feel like a lot of times in, in movies about Santa Claus, if they want to get an adult to believe in them or if he wants to get an adult to believe in him he always he always gives a present that the adult never had when they were a kid yeah i always asked for this dollhouse and i never got it how yeah. did you know you the are the real game. santa claus yeah the oscar meyer weedy whistle <laughs> uh you know yeah, if you and- want me to be nicer on the show all you have to do is give me a goddamn uss flag <laughs> which i never had as a kid and it would melt my heart oh, man. but you have you have you have eBay. I don't have a USS flag, so I assume that you want me to be a piece of shit on the show. Here and I are. have eBay, but I don't have twelve grand to get you a USS flag. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, maybe you should get uh, an elf from Norwegia somewhere to make it for you. I'll get a Tanta. GI Joe will return after these messages. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., 
Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and foodie debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Girls and boys, come and see. The greatest toy store in history. Dispenses Castle of Toys. It's a castle. Dispenses Castle of Toys. It's a toy store. Dispenses Castle of Toys. It's tremendous. Come to Dispenses Castle of Toys. Oak Brook Terrace, Illinois. Dispenses Castle of Toys is a quarter mile north of Oak Brook Center, Route 83 in Roosevelt Road. G.I. Joe. <laughs> uh, but it is interesting because it almost works on Burgermeister and then he sort of snaps out of it. So I like I went the whole episode thinking, is is this dude going to be redeemed? And he weirdly never is. Yeah. No. Kringle just like escape. And then, and then they, like you never hear anything from the Burgermeister anymore after that. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, in the end, they, they basically say there's, there's, there's grumps all around and it's, and it's sort of like implied like, well, well, he was sort of the original grump and now there are still grumps, but yeah, I, I for sure thought he was going to be at some point redeemed. What they said was that they died out. The Burgermeisters just simply cease to exist. Oh, yeah. I guess that's what happens uh, when you're a girl. Part of the problem is uh, they didn't take in any kids. (laughs) Yeah. It's the problem with conservative (laughs) philosophy. But he was was fucking a bunch of maids, so there's still Burgermeister grumps out there. They just don't have the Burgermeister name. Sure, but they're Mm -hmm. all out for revenge. That's the problem. You got to take those kids in and you got to teach them, man. You can't let Luke Skywalker go go with his uncle. You got to bring him into the fold early. Uh, I guess that's that a Star tracks. Wars reference. I guess that tracks. Star Wars. <laughs> you know, there's something called uh, Star Wars. I'm not talking about Disney I'm properties. Not familiar. Thank you. I, I will say that, uh, yeah. It, at first, as uh, the beginning of the episode, I was like, "Oh, you have these two big antagonists, the Burgermeister and the uh, Winter Warlock. Like, how's that going to work out?" And yeah. then I, then with the, with the uh, the yo yo, I was like, oh, "Okay, we're gonna like." turn him turn the winter warlock and then everything be good but then like yeah the burgermeister stayed winter warlock turned and i was just got i was interested by the structure yeah without uh, necessarily knowing why that was it worked out fine um yeah i i liked that i liked that for the same reason because i thought the same thing i was thinking okay this is this is are the two antagonists going to team up together what's going on but yeah, but uh, I I liked this better because especially when he almost turned Burgermeister, 
I was thinking the same thing. Okay, now now this is so the town's going to be happy, but then the warlock's going to threaten it. And I liked the way they went better because it was less it was less obvious. So so basically, Santa leaves the town. He delivers the toys, then leaves the town, and because he's running away from Burgermeister, but he gets stuck in warlock territory, and warlock is like, "I'm gonna eat you" or whatever warlocks do. And then he presents what is it a a a choo choo train. Yeah, Warlock actually says to him, it says, now you have to sit on my lap and give me a kiss. And and he's just like, how about I give you a choo-choo train instead? And he says, that melted my icy heart. Yeah. And then, sing, and then they sing a song about leaving, which I thought was interesting. Put Is it put one, one step in one, front of the other? One I like foot in that front song. of the other I, I and you'll leave that. town. No, it's not about leaving. It's He's saying like, moving I'm, on, moving forward. I'm an evil bastard. Progress. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I'm just going to keep backsliding. And he says, like, well, you you know, if you want to change direction, you just, like, do it and then go. It's about um, growth, Ray. Ray, who thought that it was about leaving when things get uh, too hard. It's about leaving is part growth. of growth. <laughs> Look, I gotta, leaving I is part of growth. I, when I left Michigan, I grew. <laughs> and never I gotta again. Tell you guys um, I got to tell you guys something. This is fucking crazy. Just because... When I was like 12 years ago, when I left Seattle, the last play that I ever did there was this weird experimental play about the Rankin and Bass uh, like production team about to get drafted into the Vietnam War. So they decide, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling, I'm, I'm serious. And they decide to, they decide to go on like this road trip to get out of America into Canada. And along the way, they run into all these weird people and the, and they are the inspiration for the characters in the Rankin and Bass. Oh my God. I love it. It it was so fucking weird. And, 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 and I played multiple characters in it, but one of them in one scene, I mean, look, it's a a cool idea, I guess, but it was really fucking weird. And, 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 (laughs) and the, the, one of the scenes, the reason I'm bringing it up now is because one of the scenes was, they um they come into this small town and they get surrounded by a bunch of these KKK members. And then the Grand Wizard steps out Uh-oh. and the Grand Wizard's like, hey, everybody, you guys go ahead. You guys are good. You guys are just good. Just go ahead and talk to these folks. And the Grand Wizard takes his hood off and he turns out to be this really nice guy who is pretending to be a wizard. Oh, no. He can keep all these young guys in line so they don't do any harm to anybody. Oh, and so that was the, so I played the grand wizard. They had a fucking KKK hat robe and everything. Oh, boy. And I took it off and I was like, you know, it's kind of lonely up here. Like it was a whole, like I'm fucking like committed to it. I don't know. Sorry. I just, it just, it's so fucking like you've never heard of this play and you never will hear of it. But it was anyway, I, I just I want, that story. I, want to see this play now and i feel like it's it's big fish if it was purely about rank and bass i mean it was just like an hour and a half long like sketch you know what i mean like a sketch we would have done in yeah. the bar or something, you know what i mean <laughs> i love Stretch it to an hour and a half i would watch Fuck. that I yeah. would watch anyways it. I, I would watch that that's a side thing sorry let's continue so you took one foot in front of the other and came to la and also grew thank you for making my point yes yes right perfect right your original point was i guess when things get hard you leave and that's what this song is about (laughs) well he did leave he left the burgermeister's town to join the people up north where they tend they actually all moved in together so they could be closer to the action now that the uh the evil wizard is now a good wizard who then immediately also lost his powers 
Yeah, which I wasn't clear on how he lost his powers. Did did I miss something? They were fueled by hatred. That's it? Like most powers, like ask Rage Against the Machine. If they ever stopped being upset, they would they would not be able to play music oh, anymore. Then they so become he, audio slave. So it, you're saying if he gave into the darkness, he would become more powerful than he could ever imagine. I mean, I think it's been implied very heavily. Yes, I agree with your Star Wars reference, Gina. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know what that is. I'm not familiar. Yeah. No, I just made up that line on the spot. Weird. Uh, well, that's okay? yeah. Okay, that's a bummer. I didn't. I, I didn't. Re- I must have missed that line, and I just thought like, oh, he's he's getting old, and his magic is getting flaccid. Now, here's the thing, though. I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say, just like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Is that like the word of the day. <laughs> yep. Every yep. Time we have <laughs> <laughs> So we're I gotta say though, we're we're glossing over something. And that is the uh the sexual liberation song that occurs uh when Miss Jessica suddenly takes down her hair and oh, becomes yeah. even more of a sex goddess. And she starts singing a song, but it's not nothing has nothing to do with Christmas. It has everything to do with like it may as well have been called like I'm ready for Santa to fuck the virginity out of me. Yeah, she, yeah, <laughs> I that's didn't... basically like what the side, and it's even like she's looking up into the sky, and it's like pictures of her in the sky. She's like singing to herself. Yeah, and then at some point there is because this is some sort of like weird puppet claymation thing. There is an animated picture of herself, like her. She's looking puppet her is looking at her as a cartoon yeah, and it's very trippy and I, yeah i i couldn't focus on what the song was because i just kept writing about how silky her dress was and how big her boobs were and how now her hair is down it and, was like a burt Bacharach, her- like barbara streisand <laughs> kind of matchup or something yeah and they gave her those 70s eyelashes or the late 60s eyelashes the twiggy lashes that are just like super super long and i was just like what is what is going on here? If anyone has ever seen the Star Wars holiday special, which oh is the worst abomination ever made, but there's Wonderful. there's a scene where the, the grandpa Wookiee sits down in his lazy boy to mm. masturbate, and I shit you not, and he puts on like a hologram of like a 70s, uh, uh, I forget who it is, uh, uh, some famous 70s black singer singing, and she's wearing this like chiffon dress and she's singing. And then when it comes back, the grandpa has clearly just jizzed all over himself. This is a real really? thing in the Star Wars really? holiday special. Oh, yeah. It, it's yeah, so he, he watches he watches hologram porno. It's very heavily implied, uh, although they didn't show the jizz on his Wookiee fur. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> they thought that was too much for TV. But I will say my the highlight. I'll say it every time. The highlight of the Star Wars holiday special is the fact they gave B. Arthur a musical number. Oh, in the yeah. Star Wars holiday special. And I'm sorry. Those words alone are magic. And and I can't live without them. It's all it's all insane. But yeah, this this sequence sort of reminded me of it because it's this it's it's she's just singing by herself. She's singing. There's stars all around her, and then she's animated, and then she's and I just like at the end of it, I I had retained nothing of the song. None. I actually forgot that song even happened <laughs> uh, <laughs> immediately. Um. So yeah, but Jessica's smoking hot. I think I think we can all agree. Also, can I, uh, can I ask, need to, I feel we like... need... No, we, before we get to that song, we got to back up. Uh, I think um, th- there's a, the, uh, uh, the Winter Warlock shows Chris Kringle this little magical thing with the, uh, with the snowball, snowball mm-hmm. like looking oh, at the, the kids. recognition thing, yeah. And uh, when um, Santa's talking to uh, uh, Jessica, uh, rabbit, I believe is her last name. <laughs> um, 
He says, uh, I got ways of knowing. My uh, personal friend, the warlock, taught me this. Yes, sir. I can- is the way he says personal friend says to me mm. that they have a sexual relationship. And I wonder if his powers, the winter warlock's powers, might not have come from uh, uh, oh, from dear. holding oh, back, from being in the closet, from from uh, uh, you know abstaining from these urges, and now that he is himself, he is acknowledging who he is. Uh, all of his magic powers have drained away, which is sad. But I think there's a uh, new kind of magic in being one's true self. Oh, I like that. It's a love story. Is, right? Are you trying to say that he fucked the powers into Santa Claus? <laughs> I mean. Uh, I've I'd heard many that. times. I'd buy that. That. I'll buy yeah. it. You I'll know what? Me it. too. I'm on board. You uh, know what? Yes. So I have a, I have a question that I feel like is best answered by Aaron since he's the expert. Uh, but but <laughs> you know how you know how in the Stephen King there's a Stephen King universe and everything is is related. So characters pop up in different books and you know uh-huh. th- this character dies in the Dark Tower, but he's the main antagonist in the Stand and blah 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 blah. Uh, I think that Burgermeister Meister Burger turns into the heat miser uh, because their design is very similar. And I could imagine him just simmering with rage over the years. Uh, their body types are similar and it's not that big a leap from Burgermeister to heat miser. And we, yeah. we've already proven that this is in the same universe as the the Rudolph special, uh, because because he at some point says, no, 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 that's another story. They make the ref. Yeah, they make the reference. And then at Year Without a Santa Claus, Mickey Rooney is still the voice of Kris Kringle in that one. This Santa Claus is cool, and the one in Rudolph is an asshole, though. So, like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't all track, but I think that if they're like in the dark tower, there are other worlds than this and some characters might bleed into them. Uh, and I, and I think that probably the Burgermeister at some point went on a fueled by rage, went on a personal journey to find and kill Santa, end up walking through a thin spot between universes, which warped him so badly that he had no choice but to become the heat miser. I mean, it could very well be. It also could have been a phone call from just like a sculptor going like, well, we have a shitload of the Burgermeister's uh, head. <laughs> you know, I, if we I, I got, if we could just paint some of them red, I'll send them over. I, I think that might work. <laughs> which I, I think is probably more likely what happened <laughs> you don't you don't think there's a there's a santa claus i love well, i love to think that i love to think that it's like when people ask me if i believe in ghosts i'm just like i want to believe in ghosts <laughs> so it's just you know what i mean like it's it's uh no, i want I, to believe i just don't i've always been a fan of the elseworlds uh series of books from dc so i feel like Extending it to the Santa universe. I'm sorry, the SCU is uh, <laughs> the way to go. Uh, with all apologies to uh, Southern California uh, Underground. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I mean, this it, is it, what it I choose to name. believe. I choose to believe that that the Burgermeister evolved into his final Pokemon form. You know, and we do live in the world 2020 where you don't have to prove something is is legit. You have to prove that something isn't real. And I've yet to see the actual evidence that this story isn't true. Therefore, it is true. 
Oh, shit. So you're saying I can post this theory on 8chan? I was saying that at the beginning of the episode. It's like history. We're watching history. (laughs) Uh, the next parts of the show, we, is, we've already talked about a lot of this. This is where all the doors have to get locked, so he uses the chimneys. And then uh, they search the houses, so he starts putting gifts in the stockings. Uh, he has to do it overnight, so he By doesn't By the way, the stocking thing was was cool, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, because, cool. because like him locking the door immediately, I was like, oh, okay, so now he's going to come down the chimney. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, well, he's going to search the house for toys, and Santa's like, oh, everyone washes their stockings during the day and then leaves them by the fireplace to to dry at night. That's where I can hide the the presents. And I don't I have no idea if any of this is based on like lore, uh, like Santa Claus or St. Nick lore. But I thought that was a pretty cool detail. Yeah. And they set it up earlier with the kids washing the socks. So, I mean, it was actually yeah. some solid writing in there. Um, at this point, though, they all get caught. They all get arrested, thrown in the dungeon. And then uh, uh, yeah. real quick, um, I I did think it was weird that uh, he tells all the kids to leave their doors unlocked uh, tomorrow night. <laughs> that just seems like a recipe for disaster. And if Freeform is cutting the shit about him jumping uh, you know, from places, they definitely should cut that because kids are absolutely like turning off their rings and letting, uh, um, you know, uh, um, burglars come into their house and shit. Wait, are, um, are they really cutting him jumping from roof to roof? Is that uh, what that's what cutting? it said in Wikipedia? Because it, because here's the thing when I when I worked on regular show, basically the rule, the standards and practices rule was just it can't be be replicatable. Uh, so like you couldn't have a character pick up, uh, you know, a, a small rock and throw it at someone, but you could have them pick up a giant boulder. And like, what kid is able to? Like, like to me, leaping from roof to roof, just kids getting up on top of their roofs and doing that isn't too replicatable. Okay, wait a minute. Chan, let me ask this question real quick. Chan, have you ever jumped off a roof before? I have. I, okay, first of Ray, all. I have also jumped off a roof. Aaron, have you ever jumped off a roof before? Uh, indeed. First of so, all. You know, I would argue it's highly okay. let, me, let me point out the fact that this is sexist as fuck because my brother and I used to do this all the time. We used to. So we've, we've all, all of us have jumped off of roofs before and you're saying it's not you, replicatable. Yeah, what yeah. are you saying? First of all, we would do it into the big snow piles in our backyard. It was very fun. But that was like, you know. My dad knew we were doing that. He was the one putting the he was the one putting the you know the the ladder out for us. So so my thing is kids aren't going to be able to get up there by themselves. Their parents are going to know that they're doing it, and if their parents are doing that, then it's on them. It's not on Rankin and Bass. Basically, what I'm saying, I, 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 I have nothing nope. to say to you. I take a stand. Nope. Kids are, if kids nope. are stupid enough to die that way, they deserve it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to move on before Gina gets arrested for anything that she's saying. Uh, like getting fired from her job is the least of her worries at this point. Uh, I will say this uh, Chris Kringle is off uh, stealing more uh, gay magic jizz from uh, people. There's a lot more chimneys to explore tonight. Oh, a lot more 100%. chimneys to explore tonight. Oh, yep. Sounds Sell like it's Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. Chimneys are butts, right? <laughs> sure, Gina. Sure, lots of chimney holes to explore tonight. 
Topper. <laughs> at some point, topper. At some point topper. doesn't he say, it, which I thought was like a way to sort of explain why kids' Jewish friends don't get toys. He's Doesn't he specifically say like, the kids who want toys will leave their doors unlocked and the other kids are Jewish. Uh, the other kids will put uh, uh, blood over their uh, door so that... <laughs> Christian Santa knows not to visit. This did start out as kind of a, a, a Moses story with the little baby in the basket. Santa mm-hmm. will pass over those houses and not deliver toys. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, this all. I home. mean, for reals, it does get really Christian uh, religiously near the end there, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, but they had already all, won me over largely. So. That's how all like that's my that's my problem with, and I love it, but every time. Every time is it Linus gives that? Oh, Char- I love that part. That Charlie that Brown part. speech. I'm like, yeah. oh, I wish this wasn't about God. That's <laughs> a nice moment, though. You know, but they, they yeah, there's that part where uh, they they say it's the first Christmas tree, and they're all standing in a tableau that's very similar to the nativity. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't I wasn't I wasn't put off by it because I was expecting it, and actually, like as far as Christmas movies go. Not not as not as ham fisted as some others. I mean, it's true. Uh, I don't. I guess I like the part where the wizard, uh, uh, the winter wizard, lost all his powers, but he needs. They need to like escape, and so he has a bunch of enchanted items laying around. Like that's just complete dog shit. He's like, he's got all these rad things. He's like, I don't know this corn that makes like animals fly. And it's yeah, like, I've got some deal. magic kind of, corn. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of a big Not deal, animals fly. Just reindeer. Just reindeer. Just reindeer. Excuse me. Excuse me. He has a handful of this shit that is so specific. Wow, well, it just makes reindeer fly. <laughs> Only reindeer fly. So, and, uh, and it makes them fly for life, right? Like that's that's yeah. they're gonna fly forever. That's a that's hell hell of a magic yeah. corn right there. I'm sorry, no, that's also a bad uh, concept for your drug. If you only need one and you can fly forever, like obviously you want it to wear off at a certain point, so you can sell more. Bad job, wizard. <laughs> Some headmaster uh, also, you turned out to be. Quick sidebars. We just ping-ponging around here so i i have occasional notes one of them is that yes the penguin's name is topper and yes when uh chris kringle does get um does understand the penguin when the penguin's doing like uh charades or whatever he finally gets it right the penguin does kiss him square on the mouth (laughs) so if that isn't a frippin metaphor I don't know what is. I you look love- like a top. I'll call you a topper. <laughs> oh, I love You're definitely topper. not a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. And I love that he lives forever. Like, he's still there in the end. Mm-hmm. He's a magical uh, penguin. And this is where we get more questions answered. He's a wanted man. The Meister has made him a, a an outlaw. And so he has to change his name. So he changes it from Chris Kringle to Santa Claus. He grows the beard. And, uh, uh, and then he gets married. You know, I guess he that's good for his PR campaign. So he gets married to Jessica. And then there's some churchy stuff thrown in, because why not? And then this is where we like literally just cut to the end. This is where Santa Claus got really famous. The burgers all died out. <laughs> literally, they're just like this, this, this bloodline died and people forgot about them immediately. It's like, that's real. That's harsh, man. But then we um, get to the, the war on Christmas at the end. Because he, he chose he chose Christmas as the holiday because he could only do his gift giving in one day uh, just to kind of, you know, logistically just get it all together. He chose Christmas as the day of the Lord. 
And now he's just no longer an outlaw. That just sort of happened. They throw well, it in at the end. Well, it was like, the day oh, of the I Lord. Know. That's why he chose it. Uh, be- because it's, it's Jesus's birthday and, and he thinks it'll be, this is the best time to deliver it. But then at the very end, it's like, and and now we've got Christmas and it shows like a bunch of grumpy people and, and the Republicans oh, are right. Yeah. There's a war on Christmas. It's true. They, they cut to a bunch of really unpleasant people who I assume all were featured in their own. Am I the asshole post on Reddit? <laughs> and they're all just miserable and unhappy and just you know i hate christmas wow and they're basically just trying to show kids don't 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 be like these people please yeah yeah they're grumpily there's like a woman working at a store who's like grumpy that people are coming in and buying presents and like a guy that's like oh doesn't if santa's around doesn't it just remind us of how shitty our own lives are and then and then we get come back to fred astaire who's like these people are the worst aren't they (laughs) Uh, it's like fred astaire and he says yes his life is complete shit but it's slightly less shit because of santa i mean he's right kind of the one thing I kind of like about the end too is that it shows kids that like not every villain like learns a lesson and then becomes good. So it's like the Burgermeister is a fuckhead and they just fucking dies and he's an asshole and we sort of forget about him. And then the Winter Warlock was really bad, but then he he learned and then he went on to have a nice life and friends and it's I don't know it's kind of like a because I feel like the villain are you know the villain in this story is really a villain as opposed to Rudolph where Rudolph it's really just a bunch of it's just people being assholes to each other yeah yeah I mean and, I guess the abominable snowman or monster you know like learns a lesson or whatever but, but I he feel just like had this, a sore tooth that was why he was grumpy yeah yeah but there is a Maybe. there's a very cool part in this which we alluded to where. He's, he's, you know, the, the reindeer eating the magic corn and then Santa is naming them and he somehow just has these names at the top of mind. Uh, and yeah, Kringle and Jingle and Bingle and Wingle. And-, <laughs> and Fred Astaire says, I bet you can guess their names. And he goes through them, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer. And then there's like one lone reindeer left that's like, and, and then his oh nose lights up. <laughs> Hold on. I, we got to get this right. And don't forget. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Is a that meep. a Roadrunner joke? You did a meep. That's crazy. Meet me. And then his yeah. nose lights up. It's how he get. It's what? how he gets it to turn on. Does he say meep in Rudolph? Is that no? No, it's like a weird little horn honk or something. It's like yeah. A, it's 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 just his nose making like a, a whistle. Yeah, making a meep. Rudolph noise. the red nose reindeer meep meep. Yeah, yeah. No, it's in there. It's in but there. then there's that. But then you know, there's a little a little fun tongue in cheek song, which seems almost too sophisticated for this show, where Fred Astaire says, "No, that's a different story." Because I that's like another rank and bass bass story, and I and I I thought that was cool. I thought I thought oh self self aware is good. Uh, here's one of my favorite bits. It's right next to there uh, because it's from uh, from a homeboy. Um... Albert Dixon, Albert. Well, I still have a little magic. Oh, I'm not such a loser after all. <laughs> Damn, that dude has been through some shit. Yeah, he he fully what they don't show is he like after after he gets his little choo-choo, he fully goes to therapy and works some stuff out 
about how his, yep. his parents didn't get him that toy because they never really paid attention to him. And he had all this pent up anger, and he, which made him hate himself and others. So he really puts in the work. And then in, in the end, everyone except for the people who are grumpy about Christmas are happy. And now he lives in the mm. mountains and facilitates retreats. <laughs> There's going to be a Netflix documentary about him in 15 years. He, tell, he tells everyone how to actualize their true selves. Yeah. <laughs> that and yeah, that's, that's it. And, yeah. and then Fred Astaire talks to the disembodied children one more time and sings Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is delightful. Yeah, that's a great song. Let's face facts. Ultimate classic. Yeah, I, I give this two thumbs up. I will watch this again another Christmas. I liked it. I, I have a little bit of information here about uh, Rankin, because uh, we asked before which came first. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came first in 1964. Whoa, and then that was way before. After, yeah, after that, he tried to do some non-holiday stuff. In fact, a lot of it. He made Willie B- McBean and his Magic Machine. He tried the King Kong TV series of 1966. Also, Ooh. King Kong Escapes. Big fan. The Smokey the Bear Show. And, and I guess he finally just sort of gave up because then he moved on. Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus coming to town. Um, but, you know, he, he he did a lot of stuff other than that. He also worked with the Osmonds and Jackson 5 in the early 70s when he was trying to do more musical stuff, I guess. But it always seems like no matter where he tried to take himself outside of fantasy stuff, he was involved in the Hobbit cartoon as well. Cool. Uh, um, yeah, of the 70s. He always just keeps coming back to Christmas stuff. As I he guess, should. you know. As one for should. you, one well, for me, right? It's <laughs> two guys. There's Arthur Rankin and Jules Bass. Jules Bass, yeah. Uh, uh, I just I just picked Rankin of the two. Uh, uh, but I, I just thought it was an interesting journey uh, uh, from one to the other. And they both worked together on, I mean, a lot of this stuff. Uh, weirdly enough, uh, uh, Bass worked uh, as a consulting producer on the uh, rebooted Thundercats of 2011. Wow, I'm surprised they're. I'm surprised he's still alive, to be honest. And the Thundercats Roar consulting producer of 2020. So the new, new, new Thundercats. Whoa, that I mean, that dude's got to be in his late 80s. If if the first Rudolph was 1964, he was, was born he? in 1935, so he would be 80, uh, 85 years old. Oh, that's that's got to be one of those situations where he like uh owns the uh like part of the rights of thundercats or something so they just put him on as a consulting producer to send him a check right he was also executive producer of all the original thundercat series of the 80s too so yeah yeah. that's cool Cool do still getting it done uh but yeah i i dug this it was aaron's suggestion which and clearly none of us had really seen it other than Aaron. So kudos, That's a great suggestion. I love. Uh, yeah, I really like this. It was fun to rewatch it. I've got it in the. I've got it in the rotation in the collection, of course. And I, it's funny though. I don't watch it every year. Uh, I don't think I watched it last year. But it's. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's. 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 It was. It's just fun because it was. Yeah, it was this sort of elusive thing of my childhood that I didn't really get it. Like get a chance to see as much. So it's kind of fun to be able to watch it now. There you go. And before we get out of here, Chan, I believe you have a segment you'd like to put together. Ooh. It's the theme song throwdown. We have very special guests for this round two matchup. It is Brandon Beck and Beth Scorzato of the I Think You'd Be Into It podcast. Welcome. Da-da-dun, da-da-dum. Da-da-dun, da-da-dum. Oh, cool. More copyrighted songs to throw into people's feelings. Good job. Good job, 
We are so underneath the radar. It's not even going to be a problem. That's not the point. The point is just (laughs) like our show, Brandon has to open every show with a bit that doesn't work. Yep. Uh, that's awkward because I am dressed as a, uh, as Cletus, the robot. So I was really oh, hoping. I mean, this I appreciate out. the dedication. Yeah. It's commitment to a bit. That is, yeah. that is what I live my life by. I exactly. Mean, <laughs> the comed- the comedian's creed. <laughs> the comedic creed. Who, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us real quick what your podcast is about? Sure. Uh, our show, I think you could, uh, ooh, I know the name of my show. Uh, I think you'd be into it is a podcast about your faves. Um, it's an enthusiast show. We have a different guest on every week that, uh, we just let come on and just, we have a chat about a thing they love. It's pretty free form. Like that's basically it. Uh, people it are came- always like, do I have to be an expert? And I'm like, nope, just come on. Tell us why you love a thing. We just love that people love things. <laughs> it, it came from the fact that, uh, and this this is in no way a secret that I'm a huge fan of the band Fish uh, to the have wow. seen them upwards of 60 times degree. Wow. Um, like I've spent multiple days of my life at Fish concerts. Um, <laughs> and we figured that – and everyone that knows me is sick of hearing about it. But we figured that most people have a thing that they that they love just as much you know, and can talk about excitedly. So uh, – Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it started off as kind of a burn on me, but then actually turned into a real good idea for a show. <laughs> I mean, it was 100% a burn on you. I think I proposed it as, you know how you like telling me about fish and I would love to never hear about fish again? Why don't we make a show about that premise? <laughs> and then they already had uh, – uh, Earwolf had already done the fish podcast. So you're like, well, Oh, no. We, we predate them. We started in 2017. Uh, oh, no, no, no. No, Analyze Fish uh, has us beat by – Oh, Mini, Analyze Fish, Mini yes. Years. I thought you were right. talking about Long May They Run. Oh, no, Wait, no, no, Is no, there no, another no. podcast about fish on there? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know uh, anything about the networks. The pod- Beth, the podcast you're thinking of is uh, on the Osiris Podcast Network. Okay, see? Um, I don't know. And is a, a history of, of fish. Uh, Robert, the, the podcast you're thinking about is Analyze Fish, the uh, podcast with Harris Whittles trying to get his friend Scott Ackerman to enjoy the band Fish right. and just doing a horrible job of it. Uh, we actually have finally let Brandon do a fish episode. I don't know when this episode of uh, yours will be out, Robert, but uh, ours is, as we record, coming up soon. I think it'll be out in like three weeks. Uh, we finally finally have let Brandon do a uh, fish episode. So if you're into that, uh, you can go check it out on our feed. Uh, it is a long episode. It drops and the you day know before the election. It does. It is. It comes out November 2nd. That's true. Yeah. Because I remember because I screamed a lot at the end of it about people voting. <laughs> yeah yeah our our podcast started as uh um things we kind of low-key hated so but it's been so long now that i i really want to get into sort of the enthusiasm track of things i'm getting too old to hate things anymore yeah we figured there were too many podcasts based around hey here's the thing that sucks <laughs> i mean and like i have nothing wrong. against those those shows like how did this get made how did this get played the whole how did this get oeuvre uh is great but there are so many of those that it's nice to just talk excitedly about something. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've definitely pitched episodes that are about like, hey, can we just do an episode about how blank sucks shit? Um, but we have not actually done one yet. <laughs> well, no, we did that Elon Musk live episode with oh, Kelsey yeah, Goldberg. Sure. Oh, where yeah, we, just, we did. Uh, we did do Eat the Rich. We did do an Eat the Rich on a podcast party at the pack. It was a quick little 15-minuter with uh, <laughs> with Kelsey Goldberg where we just talked about how Elon Musk sucks. <laughs> 
And I sang Look, the uh, uh, In a Million Diamond Mine song from that, uh, Snow White you. like six times. <laughs> I record our podcasts and then immediately enter a fugue state in which I don't remember anything I've said on them. Oh, yeah. That's why mm-hmm. I can't edit my own stuff. <laughs> it's just gone. Oh. It's gone and I, I, can't, I can't pick it back up again. Whereas I live in the hell where I have to hear my voice in my head constantly yeah. and hear my voice in my head through headphones. <laughs> well, this is a it's kind of a nice uh, in betweener because uh, the, these are theoretically the best uh, cartoon theme songs of all time, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much baggage you're bringing into it, but this uh, here are two of the great heavyweights of cartoon theme songs. We're going to start it off with uh, Pokemon. I did want to mention that uh, when we got this list, it was it was quite a heated debate in the house. Yeah, sure we could do, especially <laughs> because um, if any if you happen to be the one person who listens to this and has also heard our show regularly, um, the people who listen to us would know that I talk mm, at least once a month about Ducktales. <laughs> yeah, it's it. It might as well be. I think you'd be into it, and also Ducktales. And also Ducktales. <laughs> well, that's good because we don't want you to come in with too much baggage. Where you're like, I Ducktales for life. I refuse to choose anything else. In fairness, I actually we were looking at it, and I was like, honestly, I would probably have hotter opinions about Ducktales versus Ducktales. That's true. <laughs> that's well, like true. the new version versus the old version. Uh huh. Both of which are bangers. Okay. All right. Yeah. I feel you. And like DuckTales also has a lot a lot of DNA with the Fraggle Rock theme, uh, in that they both are very much this like four on the floor, like boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Uh so there's oh, yeah. a there's a bunch of cool mashups in here, but I, I think we uh I think we picked the one that has the most uh the most we're ready. Yeah, we're ready. We're ready for it. All <laughs> there right. There we go. I wanna be the very best. Like no one ever was. Ba, 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 ba. It's like a flashback to before fourth grade. It's like a flashback to in my head all the time. There. Hell yeah. I'll teach you. I was definitely doing a very elaborate dance to that the whole time, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It was just for me. (laughs) This is too uh, new for me to have, like, got into it when I was a kid. So, like, I'm approaching this as an adult, and I wouldn't have um, put this on there except that, like, I was listening to – I played it for my kid, and he was into it. And so I had to, like, keep playing it over and over and over again in the car. And I was like – this still holds up like i'm okay hearing oh, it it's iconic time. i mean it brandon and i are yeah. of the exact age that like when pokemon first hit big we were like t- 11 12 maybe yeah. uh yeah, so like, like so like yeah i'm very familiar with this song <laughs> and like i i believe i believe both of us did in fact catch them all for the first generation or two no um, um i didn't have the game until silver that was the first game i have and i've actually oh, never right. completed a pokedex ever um 
Well, I, I guess had I the Pokemon entire, more. but I did have the entire <laughs> base set and the entire jungle set of trading cards. That's true. That's legit. The thing, the yeah. thing I, I uh, that really struck me about hearing this song this time, um, and and if the listener doesn't know, I'm a I'm a musician. I do a lot of uh, writing. I write a lot of theme songs, actually. Um, I had never realized that this song is basically just a pastiche of Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, it for sure is. Like, n- no doubt. Uh, I do like it, though, in that it's a very – it is – it's like a super iconic song, I think. And it's interesting because the American version of this song, which is this one, obviously, is still very much like Amer- – I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this. A lot of American cartoon theme songs are not, like, story songs – they, they don't they, – they're not as narrative or as expositional as, like, a Japanese theme song would be. Like, if you if you watch a lot of anime and you, like, read the lyrics to theme songs as they're playing, they're always, like, very literal and expositional, which this one is in a way that's also been kind of Americanized. But it is, I think, still very different than a lot of cartoon songs that you're going to hear yeah. that come from America First shows. It's also got a very uh, – a very uh... – Lift yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, <laughs> you can you can be the strongest. You can be the best. Yeah, but that's uh, also of. kind of the premise of Pokemon. Like, let's go send an 11-year-old into the wilderness. That like. is true. That I is mean, true. Yeah, and for my money, a theme song should make you want to kick your 11-year-old out into the wilderness and just, just go like knock down a tree. I don't know. Murder some animals for your for your supper. Just like, just go, go, go. Oh, if that had happened to me when I was 11, I would have certainly died. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this oh, is aspirational. It's a, it's a great, like, aspirational, like, pump you up song. Totally. Uh, and it, and it, it's exciting. It, it tells the story of an adventure. And it, I mean, it does. It literally tells you what you're getting. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> this is the show. This is and, the premise of the show. We're going to catch them all. We're going to be best friends. <laughs> and and musically it's very of a piece with what was happening th- at that point in time because we were a few years past Power Rangers which has a very similar kind of like but power that's another show that was Japanese sh- th- well th- th- part of it yeah um, no, it was originally Japanese well, well right but it's a Japanese the major- <laughs> premise but my point is that that then carries over into the Americanization of it. Right, right. But um, I, I was, I was just saying that, like, as far as American themes from the '90s go, it is very much one of those. But it has a couple very like, there's a couple of little chord chordal things in there, like the way it it builds during the like, you teach me and not teach you, which is a very like classic anime sort of progression. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's also it's also the like that that part of the the Zelda theme. Where like before it loops back around and is really like, you know, gets you amped and going. It's this. It's the same uh, musical idea. Um, I guess. I mean, and not to bring it back to Ducktales, but uh, <laughs> it does. It always comes back to Ducktales. Well, eventually. no, but it was. It also does feel a little bit um, stylistically like like those which we were talking about before we were recording when he and I were talking about Ducktales um, about how all of those Disney afternoon songs from this same period all kind of I said every single one of them and I think this this song falls into that same category but every single one of them feels like it would be perfectly at home in a cruise ship musical review oh totally <laughs> like yeah. it's just got like this like weird musical like musical theater level high energy 
thing oh, yeah. to it that makes it just like slightly more elevated than a pop song in terms oh, totally. of like energy and just like uh tone you can which you i can, hate that word you know but yeah. <laughs> you you can you it's very easy to visualize like a bunch of australian 20 somethings on a cruise ship doing a ribbon dance yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, DuckTales went up against Chippendale's Rescue Rangers in the tournament, and it was real close because they're both, yeah, they're basically the same song. Similar. Oh, yeah. Little, they are very similar, yeah. Like Chippendale has a little bit more range, though. It does. So it's a little more musical, but DuckTales has just got, like, people sing woohoo. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Just have woo. to, and it's the, hard the, to fight that. The sti- like the hook of DuckTales, the woo. Is yeah. is such a stronger hook than Chip and Dale, and I I couldn't tell you why, but there's just something about that hook that is uh, ever so slightly more magical. It's just like very exuberant. I mean, I, let yeah. me tell you, a harder one would be Tailspin versus Darkwing Duck, but that's a story <laughs> for another time. That's true. Uh, do I know the, the weird rap? Do I know the weird rap in the middle of a uh, Tailspin? Yes, I do. <laughs> Can you do all uh, uh, 151 Pokemon? I do not rap? know the poker app. No, uh, mm. I, I do not know the poker app. Um, You're no true Pokemon trainer. No, I just yeah. I, I never that was never. Weirdly, I'm good with lyrics, but like not lists, <laughs> <laughs> which is the which is the exact like, it just, opposite it problem felt, that I have. Yeah, it felt too much <laughs> like a list and not enough like a song for my brain to hook onto it. Wait a minute. This is homework. Get yeah, out of here. I don't know. Could I name all 151 Pokemon? Probably. That's also why those Animaniacs songs make you irrationally angry. I know. I just, I don't know any of those. And every time people do them, like, I don't, I, this is not, no. And to be fair, nobody knows the lyrics past United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. Like beyond that, no one knows it. They just pretend that they do. (laughs) It's fair. Well, let's go on then to something kind of different. This does not make you want to, uh, Bang your head, but it is does it? it is a stone cold classic nonetheless. Love Family Guy. Fuck you. I I produced a podcast about The Simpsons for two years, and it's legitimately strange to me to hear this song and not hear Allie Gertz introduce it. I'm not sure I've ever listened to this song divorced from the visuals. It's kind of wild, right? So you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't see the visuals, but did they come up in your head while you were listening? Um, oh, most definitely. I mean, most for definitely. him, yes. For me, parts of it. I'm not a big Simpsons person. Yeah, she doesn't uh, have I the Simpsons disease. A lot disease. of it. Wow. 
I, I've enough. seen. Mm-hmm. I, I just it wasn't a thing we watched in my house growing up. So like, were you not allowed to watch it? I was not allowed Bart to watch it specifically. Mm. I, I don't know why. I mean, I think specific. You know what? Fuck it. My mom doesn't listen to this. Yeah, your book. mom's never gonna hear my this. My mom <laughs> yelled at me. She she yelled at me recently on the phone. She got really because she listens to our podcast and she got really mad. She was like, "I hate it when you tell people you weren't allowed to watch things when you were younger. Like we were busy. You need to emphasize to people that we were busy. You had other things to do. It's not like I was a horrible mother who was keeping you from things. I'm like, mom, you would literally go in your room to watch Friends and close the door, and I was not allowed to come in. Like, <laughs> which is why know, when like, we were at her so, like i say it as a fact not as like a like oh and my life sucked because i couldn't watch the simpsons it's just like no i wasn't allowed to watch the simpsons but she takes it like i'm like judging her <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially because the fact that like it is known that i am a huge simpsons fan it is like i am you know making my way into a career in animation um and so like a couple years ago when we were at her place we had gotten one of the new apple tvs and i specifically turned on the simpsons app just because i knew uh it would irritate her and it did (laughs) yeah and I, i don't i don't generally play petty that way but like I did that and then told one of the executive producers of The Simpsons that I did that like a year later and he appreciated it. <laughs> so that was that was pretty rad. Um as far as this theme song goes, um I I don't I hate to plug another podcast on when I'm a guest on another podcast. Please do. Let's um, just incept the shit out of this. There's a really phenomenal podcast called Strong Songs. Um, that's hosted Ooh. by this guy, Kirk Hamilton. He's a writer for, uh, like Kotaku, I think. He's done a lot of video game writing, but he's also, uh, a very accomplished, uh, jazz musician and, uh, sax player. And he has this podcast where they, he just breaks down how interesting songs work. And you don't need to have, like, a music theory education to do it. Like, most of what he does is he just recreates parts so you can really hear like isolated, you know, why, like why parts of these songs work and like why production choices were made the way they were. And he did an episode about uh, a bunch of uh, um, cartoon songs. It was like this, the Cowboy Bebop theme. Uh, Which I also thought about from being on your list because that song slaps, but I wasn't yeah, familiar with the I wasn't so familiar with the other song, and I thought it wouldn't be fair. <laughs> um, and then like a, a couple a couple others, I don't remember what they are offhand. Actually, I think Ducktales was one of them. I come to think of it, hell yeah. Um, but uh, he did an episode uh, that he also did the the Simpsons theme in an animation episode, and I had never realized I've heard this song hundreds of times over the course of my life through watching the simpsons on tv through just like having uh the not the yellow album simpsonic i think it was uh the like collection of songs from the show um but it had never really occurred to me until he broke it down that like this song is can we swear on this thing oh yes i already did sorry (laughs) this song is fucking crazy like (laughs) like it there's and it maybe it's just because Danny Elfman is like some sort of weird, you know, uh, supernatural I mean, music he's Danny person. Danny Elfman. That's um, true. Yeah, he might. He also, might just this, be a skeleton that's be, been burned with life. It might be his magnum opus, like the thing more than anything else that people will think of when they think of Danny Elfman. Like, like yeah, sure. it's definitely. Yeah. It, it's. It is definitely the showdown of two, like, very iconic songs. Yeah. Um, and this one, like... And this one's very... I mean, it's very Dar- Danny Elfman-y. 
but like it's it's it is complex like i said i've never really listened to a divorce to the visuals and as i'm listening to it it feels it's so much more orchestration than i think it's more of a full score than i think i was giving it credit for um because i just never really listened to it on its own but as you're listening to it i was like oh i could see this being in the like intro scene of like I don't know why Oliver and Company was the one I was thinking of. Probably because there were car noises. But like, does, <laughs> you're right. It does feel a little bit like you know the thing that would play during the Runyon Land part of Guys and Dolls. You know, yeah. um, it feels and, very much like a montage score. Um, it absolutely in a way does. That it could really stand on its own. It's also just interesting, despite these two being iconic. They're just they're very different because one is very much a score and one is very much a song. Yeah, <laughs> and and the the moods of them too. Like like if you just listen to all of the different discrete sections of the Simpsons theme, each one of them is so sonically distinct that like even if you even if you don't know what the visual is Mm -hmm. you can tell that this is like there's a story being yeah that there's a story that this this song has has this journey and that it's kind of it's kind of wild it kind of you know makes some hard turns but there is a through line to it which is that uh that melody which is so iconic that he proceeds to like just like break down and subvert and invert and like do all these crazy things to that like improbably makes its way back home uh by the end like the fact that this piece resolves at all is fucking insane you, yeah uh, now you're reminding me of uh the old state sketch porcupine racetrack uh, oh, i was talking we about are porcupine, very racetrack familiar with porcupine racetrack <laughs> porcupine racetrack is one of my favorite sketches of all time uh, i'm almost certain we've talked about of, it on our show oh we absolutely did you see the have. zoom uh re-reunion of it i oh, did. We did it was, oh. it was very good i i have a uh i i've, I've met tom Lennon in passing a couple times and i i have a signed copy of him and Ben Grant's uh, screenwriting book uh, where Tom Lennon, I told him that Porcupine Racetrack was like my favorite sketch <laughs> and uh, he signed it that he's the slowest porcupine in town. No. Uh, yeah. I've never but do read you have the a book, signed copy I... of skits and stickers? Ooh, no. Not skits I... and stickers. Uh, the, uh, the road trip book. What the hell is it called? Oh, oh. Um... I have it here somewhere, but it is. I don't know. Oh, you're thinking of Strangers with anymore. Candy, the book. That's what you're thinking no, about. No, 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 <laughs> no. Uh, the state did a state by state with the state. Yes. It's a road trip book. And oh, my God, that and Skits and Stickers, which was the VHS tape. Uh, we oh, I didn't ran know they those had a, both they had a dry. They, they did like a one. Uh, t- it was like a best of. It was like oh, an hour okay. long. And um, yeah. Because I, knew, I knew about the book and I knew they had an album too, but I, do, I, I can't exactly remember what the conceit of the, the record was um, I the because record. it was the state. It did have like a pretty like there, there was a complicated, you know, conceit to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. uh, all right. So yeah, we got two very different songs. Uh, like one is, uh, inspirational and the other is you know like i mean super technical and deep. both iconic bangers for sure yeah yeah this is like if if you remove any nostalgia from them which i think is the the hardest part of of making a decision here yeah i like, think if you came in based on our like nostalgia biases you would you'd expect i would vote for pokemon and brandon would vote for for uh simpsons, for simpsons and that's yeah. what i've come in here prepared for but i'm unsure what he's going to vote for <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 
this is this is really really tough and making me question a lot of things i i thought to be true about myself <laughs> um well don't even just think of it as a song think of it as a cartoon theme song what is yeah. the job of a cartoon theme yeah. song and does it which one does it better yeah i mean i <laughs> My well, it also argument, sort of depends on which kind of cartoon, though, because Simpsons sure. and Pokemon are very different types of cartoons. Like, like mm. the theme song that would work for a Saturday morning or you know weekday morning or afternoon. Uh, they are, thing but is, is very different. And this was but, kind of my argument. Just nostalgia aside, as much as like, I I think the Simpsons theme is a better composition. I think that it is such an anomaly of a theme song. Theme song like cartoon theme songs generally have words. They generally can be convey like they convey something to, you know, you, the kid on the other side of the living room, come to the TV. You yeah. know, like and, and even, the Simpsons theme with- doesn't really do that when divorced from the visuals. I, yeah. I I love it. I think it's a really iconic, really beautiful composition. I think if you take it in a vacuum, the Pokemon theme is a better cartoon theme song. Yeah, and like if, if you okay. even like like compare the the Simpsons theme to like even the Futurama theme, which like the thing Beth you were saying about also slaps. Uh, theme song sort of telling the, <laughs> the story or have or having words even something like uh futurama you can you can sing that like it like the the melody of it is is a catchy enough hook that it's it sounds vocal like you could you could go dum dum dunna and people would know exactly what you're talking yeah. about and like with with simpsons beyond the you know the simpsons like once you get beyond the the first like beyond few the bars blah, of that blah, song blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like unless you're, and that's like, the only part of it you really need, and yeah. then the rest of it. Like, yes, if if you came up to me on the street and went, like I would know exactly what you're talking about, but most most people would be like, "Excuse me, why are you speaking to me? Who are you? Why are you What are you doing? Why are you blowing at me, like stranger? What's his name? Jeffrey Tambor in that episode of Larry Sanders where he tries to start a band. Just imagining you standing six feet away from people, mask on, just like yelling horn lines at them on the street. I'm busking. So yeah, I God, I was not. I was not. Ooh, that's bad. That's just singing. That's just singing. I think that's Neil Cicerica's new album, Mouth Busking. Close. Uh, well, that's his live record. Yeah, um, yeah I, I cannot I cannot believe – I'm about to say this, but yeah, Beth, I think I'm with you that uh, I, I think Pokemon's got to take it. As much as I prefer the wow. Simpsons theme as a yeah. composition, it's a lot more musically interesting. I, I think it is a, a that's stronger not, That's not the prompt. I think on, it's, Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. I think a stronger theme song to like convey like this is the show, this is the cartoon. I think it's got to be Pokemon. Yeah, and, and Pokemon. Simpsons too. So much of it is is married to the visual in a way that like you don't need with the Pokemon theme. I don't think anybody could tell you what the Pokemon. Yeah, well, and here's the other thing about the Pokemon theme. I'm not sure if this is true, but I'm pretty sure the opening credits visuals like change, just like a lot of Japanese shows. I don't think so, every episode, but I think every no, couple No, not every episode, seasons. but every couple seasons. But the theme yeah. song does not. Yeah, because like, yeah, it, it changed it, to that Joko region song. It's my point. Yeah. 
it's an independent piece, whereas the Simpsons theme song is created to go with that specific animation and otherwise kind of is just a really beautiful piece of music. A, a beautiful, insane piece of music. Yes. Well, you know what? We saw we were at the Silver Lake Flea Market recently and saw somebody selling a shitty old Oingo Boingo t-shirt for $120. So That's true. We also saw somebody that uh, had would take uh, two tie-dye band t-shirts, cut them in half uh, down the middle, and sew them together into these weird monstrosities. And ah. one was half Purple Rain, half Tool. That's true. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know, man. Silver Lake Flea is wild. It's just a bunch yeah. of shitty old t-shirts that people are selling for way too much money. <laughs> mm-hmm. L.A. I believe yeah. the yeah. point here. Our, that's our a, answer is Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon takes it. Uh, this is this whole tournament has been a wild ride and so many unexpected twists and turns. Uh, so, yeah, this is very much well, in keeping. We're glad we could yeah. help. Yeah, thank you for having us on your 10-minute section segment that we turned into half an hour. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, one more time, the name of your podcast and where it can be found. Our uh, show is called I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your faves, and it can be found uh, wherever podcasts are sold. Yeah. Yeah. We're on most platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, uh, you know, Google, everywhere. You if should be you, listening on Overcast. If, if you're you don't find us, if you don't find us somewhere, I don't know, hit me up and uh, I'll get us on there if I can. You can find us online at, at IntuitPod. And there it was. Wow. Theme song throwdown. Second round. Chan, I, this one was maybe the most shocking of any of the decisions. Uh-huh. You realize some of these you're actually in, so it's real weird when you're <laughs> talking about yourself <laughs> in the fourth person. What are you talking about? We do these live in the moment when we... And I just have a terrible memory. Gina can attest to this. Listen, I'm going to I'm gonna admit that every time you guys do this, I don't know what's going on. I didn't realize we still had theme song throwdowns in the pipeline. I feel like you guys are doing stuff without me that I don't know about. I'm confused and no longer you know how this stuff just made. You didn't want to do it. <laughs> to be fair, you were invited, Gina. Was I? I what the fuck are you, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> That segment you were just a part of, Aaron. Hello. <laughs> That's how I feel. I mean, of course you know. You were there. Uh, uh, okay. So, Aaron, uh, uh, I know we got to get you out of here. So, uh, where can the people find you? Uh, what would you like to plug? What social medias would you like to put out there? Uh, I only have Instagram. It's Duder3, D-O-O-D-E-R-3. And you can find me there. And then I have a show called Primal on Adult Swim that we did um, – 10 episodes of it and that you can see it on adult swim. And then we're going to do 10 more episodes of it. So People freaking it. love it. And Aaron is yeah. the main voice. Uh, uh, but I keep, I keep seeing it pop up more and you told me about it a while ago. And it's always interesting with animation because now I've seen people post things like, Oh shit, you guys got to check out this show. It's and I'm kind like, of a, that's my yeah. friend. He told me about it like two years ago. It's kind of a sleeper thing. I don't know. I mean, it, once people more, you can see it on HBO Max, the first five episodes of it. And I think it's it's sort of taken its time to sort of make the rounds. But I think slowly but surely people are, um, at least people that like animation are, are starting to uh, watch it. So there's that. And then I've got a thing coming up uh, in February. We, I do a thing called Scripts Gone Wild, where we do staged readings of, of screenplays different screenplays, different movies. And uh, we're starting to do original ones. And I wrote a screenplay called Sharon and Aaron about uh, me dating Sharon Stone. But then, <laughs> she starts, but then she starts to act like her character in Basic Instinct. So I think she's <laughs> going to kill me. And uh, it was never meant to obviously ever to be get made or whatever. I just kind of wrote it to, just, uh, just to write it. But we're going to be doing that February 25th, which is kind of far out. But 
February 25th, Scripts Gone Wild. You can look it up on YouTube. Awesome. Love it. Love it. And uh, uh, Chan, Gina, uh, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh. No, this show's long enough as it is. So uh, listen to the Who Would Win show. I'm on that. So go to whowouldwinshow.com. There's my one plug. All right, you guys. So here's some social media links for everybody. You can go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You can support us on Patreon. You can interact with us on Facebook or go to Twitter at G.I. Joe podcast or Predator Pentor. Some say he lost the 2020 election in this alternate reality, but I don't believe that he did and neither does he. So you should probably check in on Predator Pentor with a Z to see how he's doing in the alternate 2020 where Serpentor, the Cobra Emperor from G.I. Joe, was elected president of the United States back in 2016. Oh, I heard a lot of his court cases got dismissed this week, so I bet he's not too Very happy about, about it. it. Well, you, you, we put up a poll not that long ago, which was uh, which which of these things is, is true. Either A, Serpentor won the election, or B, there was no election. So that's where, that's where his head's at right now. He can't decide which storyline to go with. Uh, so you can check that out. Otherwise, hit us up uh, on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast, as said before. And I am on Twitter at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. Can't fell asleep during your spiel, Ray. I'm at Gina Ippy. <laughs> I mean, you've heard that spiel. I should just I should just like record it and just press play since it's the same bit basically every single time. And, and that's the end of our show. I hope you guys enjoyed Santa Claus is coming to town. I sure did. We sure did. Aaron, thank you again for being a part of the show. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Take us out with uh, uh, literally saying anything you want. In it, do it in one of your voices, though. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Knowing Is Half the podcast. Good night. He's checking a list and checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's not nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Merry Christmas. Oh, I am like I softer English. than everyone? No. Okay. That has that not been the case for, for uh, many, many months. Am, I, am I more flaccid than everyone, I should, should have said? Also yes. not true. No. Yeah. It's <laughs> You're not the most possible, Gina. One here, Gina. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's more flaccid than me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. 
We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.